0: Well, again, we are glad to have each of you with us today. And those of you that are guests, we are especially glad to have you visiting with us and trust that you'll come back and be with us uh, again. Today, we're uh, for a third Sunday uh, separated by last week when Sarah shared and two weeks before that when Hurricane Barry was in the neighborhood and we didn't have church So this is the third Sunday and final Sunday on Isaiah chapter 40, and uh, the last part of the chapter uh, deals with uh, uh, Isaiah with a message from God to a weary people. Uh, The people in Babylon had had been taken captive by Babylon, remained in captivity. The Persians had taken over. And the people were anxious to get home and many of them probably doubted if they would ever make it back to the promised land, back to Israel there. And the message of Isaiah is a message of hope to people in trouble. We all get tired. We all sometimes think we can't go any longer in the race. Uh, I haven't had a long racing career. But back several years ago, I was actually doing a little running, not competitively for the most part, but, uh, we did have a 5k race over at the cemetery, and I decided that I was up for a 5k race. And, uh, so we began the race one Saturday morning and, and I was doing, I thought pretty good. There were a few adults that I was ahead of, uh, but. One thing I kept noticing, there was this eight-year-old girl who was ahead of me and she finished far ahead of me. And I came to realize some children can just run like that. And some adults can't run very fast, but, uh, I made it across the finish line barely, but I was exhausted and I retired from competitive racing after that. But we often get tired and uh, uh, hopeless, maybe even sometime, because of the places where we find ourselves. Uh, We saw early in this chapter how God was bringing the people in captivity, a message of comfort. He said back at the very beginning, comfort, oh, comfort my people. God was issuing a word of comfort to his his people. And he said to the people, God's coming, get ready. God's going to do something great. Uh, He mentioned that God's word is forever uh, and God's word will be fulfilled. Talked about the strong arm of God, the God that leads in might, but also the God that in his arms holds the little lamb. In comfort, God is a God of strength and a God of, of comfort for those who need comforting. We saw that God's greater than all the nations, that they were like a drop in a bucket compared to him, that he is ultimately wise. We saw the foolishness of trusting in idols. How could anybody carve from a piece of wood an idol and think that it was worthy of worship? We saw that God is the creator of the universe and that God placed all the stars in the sky, all the countless innumerable stars of the sky and that he named them all and not one of them is lost. And this was a word that should have been encouraging for lost people, for people uh, exiled, people a long way from home, that God had not forgotten where they were. And God's not forgotten where you and I are as well, even when it seems at times when we wonder, does God remember? Does God know where I am? Then we enter the last few verses of the chapter, verse 27 through 31. Let me just read those. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? Does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. This section begins, with the prophet quoting the people, the people of Israel who say, uh, uh, who said, our way is hidden from God. Uh, We are due justice, but we're not getting justice. God doesn't see it. God God is ignoring the injustices that we are facing. So the, the prophet quotes them. Many of them still are wondering Why is this happening to us? Does God not know that his people are prisoners in exile, that we're a long way from home, that we're not getting the justice that is due us? And then then the prophet gives them a reason why that is not true. This reminds me of, of an account. Sojourner Truth, the great uh, fighter for the end of slavery uh, even before slavery was ended. She and, and Frederick Douglass, the great orator and also a fighter for, for the freedom of, of slaves were there and, and Frederick Douglass had, had spoken and, and was seemed to be frustrated at the slowness of the progress of, of the ending of slavery and, and may have been saying, rise up and, and fight Uh, insurrection pointing to that. And the sojourner truth wanted a, a peaceful end to slavery as if she could. And she made a statement that wound up on her tombstone. She said, Frederick is God dead. Is God dead? Is God not able to to help us in the midst of that trouble. And that statement, is God dead, was put on her tombstone because she had ultimate faith in God. She also fought for the abolition of slavery and promoted that wherever she could, doing what she could to end slavery. But she was waiting on God, trusting in God for this. And the people had said, God doesn't see, God doesn't know, where is God? Is God asleep? Is God uh, just not able to see where we are over here away from our homeland? And the prophet responds in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Saying something he had said early in the chapter. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. Maybe some of them thought God's not able to make it over here to where we were taken captive by Babylon. Uh, it's too far from here. There's too much desert between us and Jerusalem and God's just not able to get us back there. Or God doesn't understand. Maybe God doesn't see. God's not able to figure out how to get us back. And the prophet says, don't you know, haven't you heard? Because he knew they had, he knew they had heard. He knew that, uh, they had, had seen that that they knew of the power of God, but some of them have become weary and hopeless, like we do sometimes. We sometimes feel ourselves alone. We sometimes feel that God has forgotten where we are, that God doesn't know about my issues, about my troubles. But the words of the prophet apply to us as well. Don't you know? Haven't you heard God, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. Other passage, the scripture says our God does not sleep. His understanding is inscrutable. There's no wisdom like his wisdom. He has absolute understanding. God is absolutely able to deal with our problems, with our issues he knows, if he knows where all the countless stars, stars far more numerous than the sands of all the earth, if God knows their names and knows where they are and hasn't lost one of them, does he not know where we are? Does he not know the names of all of us? If he knows the numbers of the hairs on our head, certainly he knows where we are and how to deal with us and how to minister to us, God doesn't get tired. God doesn't get weary. We do. We know about weariness. We know about tiredness, but God is able to do that. He knows about our, the injustices we face. He knows about our illnesses. He knows about all of those things that we face. He knows. In verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might, he increases power. So a good word that leads into the last two verses, even though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Those who wait for the Lord. Now, the word wait here is not something that means we sit and twiddle our thumbs. It's not like sitting in a waiting room, waiting for that doctor's appointment that seems will never come with the doctor waiting. It's not like, as was reported on the news, how going to the uh, driver's license office Can be a wait that lasts almost forever. It's not that kind of wait. The word here means an expectation, an expectant waiting, a waiting with with faith and with trust and with excitement because we know something good is going to happen. That's the kind of of waiting he's talking about here. People who place their faith wholly in God. That waiting reminds me of a a job I had when I was in college. I was a a night watchman at a community college, and I would often go in at 11 p.m. and work till 7 a.m., and uh, uh, those nights got very long, especially about 2 to 4 a.m. Oh, those were the tough times. Those were the times where I fought to stay awake and where, when I walked around on doing my, my, uh, uh walking, uh, around, it was just even hard to put one foot in front of another. And I'll admit there were times when I sat down, I dozed off. So we weren't very well guarded during those times, but there was one thing I was waiting for. One thing I knew that was coming, one thing that I knew would make it all right, and that was a little bit of daylight. It was like coffee being infused into my body as soon as a little light came because I knew the sun was coming and I knew that 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 would enliven me. I knew I could make it once a little light came and the darkness began to dissipate I knew it was going to be all right. So that's what I waited for. The dawn, the sunlight, the time when I would get to go home and hopefully get a little rest. That kind of expectation, expectant waiting on there. And that's what the the writer here is talking about. Those who wait upon the Lord, they will be strengthened. Those who wait on the Lord will gain strength. New strength. He says, youths grow tired and weary. Those who, who have so much strength. When you get my age, you know, you remember how much energy you used to have. And when you see a little child playing with boundless energy, you wish for that kind of energy. He says, though the youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, those who wait expectantly for the Lord, those who trust in him, those who even though they may be in exile a long way from home, they know that God is coming. They know that God is going to do something. Those are the ones who gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk. And not become weary. John Claypool was a a pastor years ago. And his little girl got very sick with leukemia. She was in remission for a while. But uh, then on one Easter Sunday, she had a a reoccurrence of, of her leukemia. Was terribly, terribly sick and passed away very quickly thereafter. On Easter Sunday, in fact, uh, Claypool said, what do you say to your daughter when you can't help her and the the, uh, heavens are silent? Uh, Someone said he was emotionally and spiritually exhausted. A few hours later, after she died, uh, he began to grieve. But then the next Sunday, he was in the pulpit. And he preached what some said was his most powerful sermon that uh, someone had ever preached. And he preached on verse 31 of this passage. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. He said something like this in his sermon. There are three stages of life. Sometimes we mount up with wings as eagles and fly. We're on top of the world. Sometimes we run and we don't grow weary. We just go through the routine. Then sometimes it's all we can do to walk and not faint. And he closed. He said, I need your prayers and encouragement. this time. He was walking. He was able to keep on walking because he was waiting on the Lord for doing that. The Bible says when we are weak, Paul said, recorded in 2 Corinthians 12, when I am weak, then I am strong because God's power is manifested. Christ's power is manifested when we are weak and people see that it's God working through us. It's that way with, with this passage of scripture, when we are weak, when we are exiled, when we are prisoners, when we feel lost, if we wait on God, not just sitting back idly twiddling our thumbs but waiting on him expect expectantly knowing he's coming, knowing he is able and he will deliver us and help us through some of these tough times in our life. Joy Johnson was a veteran of 25 New York City marathons. She died with her running shoes on. She was the oldest runner in a recent New York marathon. At the 20-mile mark, she fell, but she got up and kept running. She crossed the finish line at the eight-hour mark. After the race, she returned to her hotel room, laid down with her shoes on, and never woke up. Someone wrote that uh, she did not run her first marathon until she was 61 years old. The only hint of the sport of running was this verse, Isaiah 40:31, which hung in the kitchen of her home in Minnesota. And it said, they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. She was a gym teacher during her career. She didn't exercise much early in her life, but in 1986, she took a three mile walk and then she started jogging and then competed in a 10 K race. By 1988, she had competed in her first New York City Marathon. Three years later, she recorded her best time at age 64 with a time of three hours and 55 minutes. A few years ago, she told a reporter about her exercise regime. She would wake up at 4 a.m., drink her coffee while reading her Bible. Sounds good so far. 4 a.m. is a little early and then began an eight mile pre-dawn run. When you wake up, it can be either a good day or a bad day. I always say it's going to be a good day. The devout Christian ran every day but Sunday so she could attend church. Johnson sang hymns to herself to pass the time while running. According to Johnson's daughter, she was a happy runner. And besides her faith and family, that was something she loved the most. Doesn't matter our age, doesn't matter our physical endurance. If we wait upon the Lord, if we trust in the Lord, we can spiritually mount up with wings of eagles. Someone said, one commentator said this word, mount up with wings, could mean we grow wings. So. uh, the writer may be saying it's like you grow wings, eagle's wings, and then you're able to fly and do what you need to do. Waiting upon the Lord. Some of you remember the, the movie uh, about the Olympic runner uh, that uh, uh, the Scottish runner who ran in the Olympics, and, uh, uh, would not Eric Liddell. And, uh, he found out at kind of at the last minute that the race that he was specialized at the, I think it was the hundred meter dash that he would have to run on Sunday. He was a devout Christian and believed that the Sabbath was, was a time to set aside all earthly pursuits and told the officials he would not run Scottish Olympic officials gathered with him, met with him, and, and pleaded with him, no, won't you do this for the honor of Scotland? He said, but for the honor of God, I will not run on Sunday. So he did not do that. On Sunday, instead of running the race that he most assuredly would have run. He was preaching in a church in Paris where the Olympics were held and he was preaching on this verse as well. They, uh, Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. He did race in the 400 meter dash, which was not his specialty. He was not expected to win. That was held a few days later. He ran in it. Not only did he win the race, he said a new world's record. He waited on the Lord, literally and figuratively trusting in God. Eric Liddell became a uh, missionary to China, was taken captive in the later days and died while in captivity there. That story and other parts of his life told in that movie, Chariots of Fire, waiting on the Lord. We need to wait on God, not sit back and twiddle our thumbs, but wait expectantly, rising, looking for the dawn, waiting for God to, to pour over his glory, his salvation on us. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter where you've been, even though you think God has forgotten you, know that God has not forgotten. Wait on him, trust in him. Know that he is there and he will see you through whatever it is you're going through. God can be depended on. He's not asleep, he doesn't get tired, nothing escapes his notice and he knows what you and I need. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the assurance that God is in control, that through Jesus Christ that no matter where we are, there is salvation available. I thank you for Jesus who died on the cross that we might be brought back to God. Lord, today there are people who are going through all kinds of things. Help us, oh Father, to know that you're able to meet all kinds of difficulties. And Lord, there may be some here today who've never trusted in Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray that today they will wait on God by saying to him, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that you died on the cross for my sins. And today I'm putting my trust in you. I'm turning from my sin and asking you to come in and to forgive my sins. Lord God, speak to our hearts today and let us respond in obedience to what you've done. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.